to Freshly Forever, a podcast that gives you fascinating insights week after week. Here's your host, Vai Kumar. Hey folks, it's once again an interesting week and episode on podcast Freshly Forever. I'm here today with Cameron Bryant, another enterprising teenager. She's a senior at Cambridge High School in Milton, Georgia. She is the founder and CEO of House of Beverly, a multimedia marketing agency, which she started in the summer of 2018. And she specializes in helping women-owned businesses build their companies through branding and social media marketing. In addition, Cameron is the editor and chief of House of Beverly magazine, a monthly digital magazine that allows teenage girls to share their stories discuss fashion, and bond over current social trends. She's the host and producer of The Beverly Chat, a monthly podcast which features interviews with rising female entrepreneurs, fashion enthusiasts, and high-achieving students. I'm super excited to have the chance to chat with Cameron here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Just the opportunity to speak and share my story means a lot. So thank you. Oh, we look forward to it big time. You started your company, House of Beverly, in 2018 in the summer. And uh, you started it as a multimedia production company. Tell us how you got initiated into this, Cameron. Okay. Um, Well, it started when my friend's mom contacted me to start doing social media marketing for her Uh and her business. And so um, once she told me like the criteria and what the job um, consisted of, I was like 100% in. I was so excited. And um, ever since then, I've helped around 11 companies build their business through um, branding and um, social media marketing. And I just knew that I had a passion for it. So um, right at the beginning, it was just a consulting company where I just tried to help people um, by using um, digital media. Fantastic. Let's just roll back a little in time. I know you started this in 2018. You're senior in high school now. So this was probably around sophomore year or uh, freshman year summer into sophomore whatever but let's get back to your days in elementary school and your involvement with the Cougar News Network Um, and the projects you did in school always you know you just I believe you came up with PowerPoint style presentations and stuff so why don't you just take us back in time and tell us whatever you can recall from that experience and And uh, I'm just trying to see where it all, you know, stemmed from. Yes. um, Okay. I think probably the first creative thing I did all the way back then was um, I used to spend a lot of time decorating my mom's stairs um, in my house Mm -hmm. with pillows and stuff. And I think that's the first time that my family and my grandparents kind of noticed like, oh, she's really good at like putting things together. And um throughout school, I realized that I wasn't really into making posters and stuff. I more so like using my computer to make videos. And I remember um, in the fifth grade, maybe I made a Pearl Pearl Harbor um, video. And it was like, it took me so long to make, but it was the most rewarding thing I did at the time. And And, um, it was so much fun. And I think that was probably like the first time 
or like the earliest times I can remember making something and everyone kind of being like, wow, this might be something interesting. Uh-huh. Here. So, yeah. So how how was it doing that school bulletin in the morning, though, the Cougar News Network and all of that? Yeah, um, I think I, I, I don't remember doing it like very, um, very often, but I do remember the times that I did it. It was it was probably the best experience for me. I felt like I was mini Oprah every time I went on. <laughs> I I was in charge of the sports section. And I think at the time I played tennis and my brother was just starting off with golf and probably playing football and stuff. So I was like really into sports and um, being able to research sports every afternoon and then go on and talk to the school about what was happening was probably when I figured out my love for storytelling and communication. So super fun experience, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) And middle school, uh, is that right? Was that the time when you did all these video shoots for the basketball team and all of that? Yes, that was like the highlight of my middle school career. Um, I was really close with the video production teacher at my school. So um, I would like eat lunch in his office and everything. And um, I was really big on video production. So Uh uh, what did I do? I did just videos for the whole school um, often, like every week. And um, eventually the coach was, well, the video teacher was also the coach for the basketball team. And he was like, Cameron, why won't you come and record some of the basketball mm-hmm. games? And that was the coolest experience because, um, well, first of all, it taught me a lot about basketball. <laughs> and um, since my family is really um, country club heavy when it comes to sports, uh-huh. um, it was really interesting to watch basketball and um, get a really big love for it. And then I also made amazing friendships with um, both female and male basketball players because I spent so much time with them. I would go to their practices and then I would go to their games. And then um, it was just like the coolest thing because um, I was able to put in my headphones and watch the game that I loved. Oh, oh, I mean, there's no better thing than, you know, being in the middle of it all and enjoying it and, you know, getting that, you know, experience of all that excitement. Right. So high school, we said you started this house of Beverly and we talked about middle school and back to elementary school days. What about art reflections and programs like that? That was uh, or that's very much part of this uh, Fulton County public school experience that you are part of. Yes, um, I remember doing that a long time ago, Um, but I think um, the art reflections and creating um, art pieces. That's something that I was really into in middle school. Also, Um, I took a lot of art classes. And um, I think the way that that benefited me now is that um, it taught me a lot about color matching and color coordination. Uh And it gave me my very own sense of personal style when it came to things visually. And I think that um, even though I've kind of lost some of my artistic talent when it comes to drawing and painting, I do think that... um, that that really was the groundwork for me to be able to do what I do today because um, it taught me so much, so many rules and so many things that I just have in my back pocket just in case I need them. Uh-huh. Did that also pave the way for anything, you know, photography related or any, you know, recording stuff that you possibly did for art reflections? I don't know. I Maybe, maybe. I, I think that art reflections were just something that showed me how to express myself in a way that a lot of people didn't um, 
put in front of me. Like sometimes when you're growing up, people are like, oh, you should be a doctor. Oh, you should be a lawyer mm-hmm. or a teacher or something else. And it's not sometimes art isn't really celebrated because sometimes people don't see it as um, a like a quote unquote stable career. And I think that that was like the f- art reflections and sharing my work with people was like the first time where I was able to showcase something and it mattered, you know? And I think that it was really eye opening in the sense that it showed me that it's okay to share my work with others mm-hmm. and that it's okay to, um, to branch out and step out there. Oh, I'm sure, you know, like there has to be a starting point for anyone to come out of their shell and be able to project what they have and the talents to, so what prompted you to transition to a company? I know there's some story behind that as well. You know, like you were involved in some feature film projects and stuff. Yes. Um, in the eighth and ninth grade, and maybe even the 10th grade, I think I did it for the first three years of like my middle high school career. And um, one of my close friends, he reached out to me and he told me that he wanted me to be the costume designer and creative director of his student feature films. And um that was just the best experience ever because um, I think one of the things that I really learned from that experience is that I love to work. <laughs> I'm a total mm-hmm. busybody, and um, just it gave me a drive because I had deadlines, I had a budget, I had to manage. Um, like I think at one for one movie, I had ten people that I had to dress, and so that was it was stressful at the time, but it was also the most fun I've ever had. And I made a lot of friends out of that experience. Uh And um, it was just really great because um, being able to be a part of a team and put something together was really valuable to me. And I just think that it was really helpful in the sense that being able to work with my friend who had such a big, a passion for film and see how passionate he was about for something made me, um, more passionate about what I love to do. So that was like, yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) So how many projects have you done like that? And what are some of those feature films? Yes. um, The latest one I worked on was in the 10th grade. I worked worked on it in the 10th grade, but I think um, it premiered in the 11th grade. I worked on The Simple Truth, which is a short film directed by Alex Taylor. And um, it was a totally great experience. And then I worked on, I think, two other of his feature films. This was like like ages ago. <laughs> so I'm having a hard time giving you the exact details. Uh-huh. But, no worries. Um, okay, great. And um, it was just so much fun because each year, um, each project got a little bit bigger. And each year I had um, different responsibilities and um, different things and different people to talk to. So it was just like a great experience because um, it really taught me how to be organized. It taught me how to um, be persistent. And it also taught me how to be creative and manage a budget and all those other really cool Mm -hmm. things. So you kind of grew with it all, you know, the whole process as such. And was all of that the reason you felt more confident starting your own company? Yes, definitely. I think that... um, for me personally, um, as a minority, I think it's really easy to feel disqualified because other people make you feel um, unworthy of being listened to or unworthy of, um, you know, sharing your talents with others. And for my friends and for the people that I really thought really highly of to be like, oh, I appreciate your talent. Mm-hmm. I want you to help me. That was very powerful to me because 
it kind of taught me that like, oh, just because my um, my interests aren't necessarily STEM or they're not necessarily like typical things, that doesn't mean that they don't matter. And um, that there's also like a place for me. And I think that that's really valuable. And I try to um, instill that in my business, um, especially in my magazine, because um, I try and invite girls every single month to write in my in one of my issues. And um, I try and give them the space to air out their feelings and talk about things that are important to them because I know how important that was to mm-hmm. me. Okay. We'll get to the magazine in a little bit. You have done so much, girl. And I just need I just need to, you know, uh, give you your due impetus and, you know, kind of talk about each one separately. But what was yes. your target focus group with the business as such when you first started it as some multimedia company? Yes, it was definitely for um, female entrepreneurs who ran online-based businesses. I think um, for a lot of people, it's really stressful when you're, when you're, creating an online-based business to figure out how you're going to market something. And um, I think that being able to use digital media and being able to create graphics and stuff, even for something like a podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really important to be able to make graphics to promote your stuff, especially because um, social media is just everywhere nowadays. And it's so important. And um, some entrepreneurs don't know how to use social media or don't Mm -hmm. know how to stay up things. So um, I just felt like it was really important to do what I could to help entrepreneurs grow their businesses, even if they didn't have all the social media tools or all of the um, all of the things or the confidence that they needed to get going. That's wonderful that you focused on women entrepreneurs. And um, that's just uh, amazing, you know, as a teenager for you to have figured out what your focus group should be. I think that's just fantastic. And you already jumped ahead and touched upon, you know, the aspect of being minority. But as such, um, what is it that you would say uh, you faced as, um, I think everyone faces challenges, right? You know, when we step into starting something on our own and we all learn over time to cope up with stuff. What is it that you would say you faced that was sort of inhibiting, if you will, or like a roadblock. And especially having been, you know, like minority, teenager also. And so as a person of color, what what is it that you think, you know, were some of the roadblocks that you faced? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I probably struggled with the most was... Um, uh, people would tell me that I don't have the look to do a certain thing. Oh, no. Like, oh, you don't have the look. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, you don't have the look to be on camera or, oh, you don't have what you need to to be successful. And I, um, there were so many days where I would just come home and I would cry and I would be like, oh my gosh, like what's wrong with me? And I think in an environment where you are a minority, it can get really easy to get discouraged. But um, I think what I learned from that was that there's power in having your own thing and being your own boss. And I think that, um, you know, you can't let one roadblock or one person's view or one per- one person's perspective um, stop you from just going for your dreams. And um, I think that taking the reins on my future was probably the best thing that I could have done because um, if I had waited for people to say, oh, maybe she does have the look or maybe, or maybe she is smart enough or cool enough uh-huh. to be something, then um, I would have been waiting forever. So I was just like, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to do this by myself. And um, for people that are willing to support me, then great. And if you're not, then that's okay too. But um, 
I just think that being your own boss and being having enough confidence to step outside of like the mold and being able to do what you want and do what you're really passionate about, no matter what people think is very powerful and sometimes Mm -hmm. scary. Very, very. (laughs) But but you certainly didn't have to spend those nights or the evenings crying, wondering, you know, how your future would be, you know, there definitely doesn't have to be a need to feel that way. It's, it's uh, strange that certain things happen in society, but uh, definitely you have done a fantastic job. And I'm so amazed that uh, you said, okay, the mold or the shell, you know, what needs to come out of it. That's just fabulous, Cameron. Uh, kudos to you for that. Mm-hmm. Your writing skills, let's just talk about that. How do you think that evolved over time? I think, oh God, I don't know. I think um, last year specifically, I think that was a really big turning point. I took um, AP Lang and um, being able to explore like a different type of writing and then being able to, or learning how to create pieces of writing that really, really Uh quickly because... um, I have to write stuff in really short deadlines sometimes. And um, I think that really helped me. And also learning how to be detailed and thorough. Um, I think that's something that I've always struggled with. I sometimes can be a very big picture mm-hmm. type of person and so focus, focusing on the smaller things. But um, I think as I got older, I learned um, through like a lot of mistakes that um, you have to be detailed oriented and you have to go through and double check your work. You have to go through and make sure that there's a comma Mm -hmm. or something, you know? And um, even my thought processes as I got older, they became more complex and I started caring more about things. And I realized that um, my voice mattered. So that gave me confidence in my writing. It absolutely matters. I I can just tell you (laughs) with all certainty that, you know, one has to stand up for themselves. And it's very, very important. I'm glad you did that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, It was just, it was just like, I don't know if you've read um, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Mm -hmm. It was just a, it was my becoming moment, being able to, um, realize that what I had, I had something to bring to the table or I could build a table for others. Mm -hmm. And I think that once I gained that confidence, it began to show in my writing as well. Awesome. And for the benefit of our global audience, if you would tell uh, them what AP Lang is, because you refer to it as AP Lang, you and I know what that is. But just for people to know, okay, what kind of skill set did it require for you to, you know, kind of even hone what you had and uh, just bring it all together? That'll be fantastic. Yeah, yeah um, I, I think it's called um, AP language and composition, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And um, it's practically a college level class where you have to um, write essays in like 45 minutes. And um, sometimes you would get like the most obscure prompts of all time. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to write something about them. And um, it really challenged me in the way of being able to, um, oh God, what's the word? I'm sorry. <laughs> of being able to. So it kind of stirred your creativity and fostered all of, you know, what you had within, right? Yes. Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. <laughs> okay. And AP, uh, again, just to clarify is advanced placement and you very nicely put it as college level courses. And so just so you know, whoever is listening across the globe, I just want them to kind of be very clear about what we are talking here. And from social media posts to now editor of a magazine, like you mentioned earlier, 
how has that journey been? Because you started helping all these women entrepreneurs on Pinterest boards uh, based on what they saw. It kind of evolved into a business, House of Beverly. But from that to now, editor of a magazine, you talked about how and what helped you shape your writing skills and hone it and bring it all together. But how does it feel being the editor of a magazine and how has that journey been? Oh, God, it's been probably the craziest thing I've ever done ever. Uh-huh. And um, it's it was really transformative. I think I actually started working on the ma- my first issue, I think, um, exactly a year ago, I think, or maybe a little bit. Like I think I started working on it March 18th probably right around COVID started happening. And um, I remember looking through magazines and stuff. And I remember being told, like, like I said earlier, like, oh, you don't have the look or, oh, you don't have what it takes. And um, I think for me, something that really meant a lot was seeing representation in media. And so um, I think it's really important that when girls, especially my age, because it's really hard growing up in the age of social media, when, um, when there's one beauty standard and everything, I think Mm -hmm. that I wanted to create a place that was representative of girls of all skin tones, all body types and real stories because um, everybody's story matters. And I think that for me, the scariest thing about starting my magazine was definitely putting it out there. It was terrifying. I actually, um, I wrote about this a few months ago. I cried for two hours after I released my first issue. Mm-hmm. And um, you would expect that to be a happy moment. But um, I, when I talk to people about it, I say that it's like um, sending your kid off to school for the first day ever. Mm-hmm even though I don't have kids, but I can imagine that's what it feels like. It's like, oh, are they going to make friends? Oh, are they going to, you know, be okay? Oh my gosh, are they going to fail? Like, it was just a lot of anxiety. And um, I still struggle with releasing issues sometimes. But I think that when I realize when I get a text message from someone, and they're like, oh my gosh, I read this article and it really, really helped. Um, Or, oh my gosh, like this made my day or just, just something really sweet. It makes me more motivated to keep on doing them because um, they are making an impact on someone. And that means a lot to me. Oh, absolutely. Like you said, if someone were to just in a nutshell, uh, wonder what the topics covered in the magazine would be. That would be fashion. And, you know, you just let people express themselves via articles. And mainly it's a girls oriented magazine and uh, where you kind of uh, just knock off the premise that size zero is the norm. It is not. And uh, so people can be what they are and it's what they are from within that matters. Right. And you just help them bring it out. And you also do book club, movie of the month sometimes, and all these personal stories on self-esteem and development. Is that right? Yes. I like to say it's kind of like um, Teen Vogue with a hint of O Magazine and a little bit of um, Harper's Bazaar. <laughs> oh, so such a, a fascinating blend of everything in there. That's like great vision. Back in a moment with our guest, on Fresh Leave Forever. How far has the reach been for your magazine? Um, is it like a local audience, regional, global, your number of subscribers? Um, 
Okay. Um, I just figured out this a few weeks ago, but um, I think we've been read in, um, what, 13 countries so far? Excellent. Thank you. Yes. And I'm really proud of that. And um, every month it grows a little bit more. And I don't know, I would have never expected. I thought, you know, only some people from around here were reading it, but it was actually a lot more widespread than I thought. So um, it's really interesting Mm -hmm. to watch yeah (laughs) oh that's fabulous and what about your contributors so far are they just from uh, the United States of America or is it like a global um, platform as well for anyone to contribute have you had requests from outside of the country um I think I have over like the past 10 months but um I I think I've gotten one and I've had one girl I I don't know what countries she's from but I don't think I don't know. I don't know all of my writers personally. So um, sometimes I can look at their Instagrams and kind of guess um, just based off of like where they tag their location. But um, I haven't had many out of country writers, but I've had um, writers that were in Texas. I have writers that um, that are in college. I have some like in my last issue. I have one friend who is going to Duke and she was in my mm-hmm. last issue and um, besides that, most of the people are, there's some people that um, that I go to school with, some people that I talk to on a regular basis, but um, some of them are just people that I've never met before. So it's really, it's like a box of chocolates. I just don't know what I'm going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said, you know, like past Valentine's. Definitely. I think it it tells me you had like a very memorable day, perhaps, you know, the box of chocolates is a great analogy and uh, yeah you are popular and so people are going to reach out to you so it's not like you know people have to sit and cry Cameron is now she has made it she has she has established herself and so is is your website the avenue for uh, other contributors to contact you and uh, reach you for them to be able to write an article so you can review it and then potentially consider them for publishing? Yes, um, I actually, okay. um, Do you want me to talk about a little bit of how like the writing process works? Cause it's like a little bit different than. Okay, sure, sure. Why not? You know, like, yeah, in a concise fashion, let's just cover it. So people, people can benefit from it. Right. You know, they can. Yeah. So um, every month I, um, I post a poll on Instagram asking people what they like to write. Cause I think that's like the quickest way I can reach a lot of people. Ah. And um, yeah. And then after that, what I do is, um, I send out these things called writer guides and there, um, it includes the theme for the month because I like my magazine to be a little bit cohesive. And, um, then it includes like, um, word counts, all the details that they need and everything. So, um, if anyone's looking to write, um, just, be on the Instagram and see um, if you can find um, the polls. But um, yeah, every month I'm about to release one probably later today. And um, just so anyone who sees it can write if they want to. Oh, fantastic. And so what's the targeted audience again with the magazine? Is it just like a teenage group of girls or is it just uh could it be anyone else? What, what do you think you would say on that? Um, I would definitely say um, from my demographics, I 
most of my readers are from ages 13 to 24. Mm-hmm. And majority of them are girls, but um, others, there's some guys, which <laughs> sometimes surprises me, but there's <laughs> some guys that read it. And it's like, it's so cool. It always makes me um, smile. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And it's practical. I mean, I guess there's some stuff for guys, but not really. It's a pretty girly magazine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, as far as uh, the fashion that you cover over there and all of that, uh, how do you go about that process of nailing down, okay, who do you want to feature and how do you kind of like, like go about that process of compiling all that information? Yeah, definitely. I, um, I'm a really big fashion person. Mm-hmm. Like I just love fashion. So, um, I, I'm just surrounded by it literally all the time. So, um, normally what I'll do, I'll get like five or six fashion topics that I've been really into over the past month. And, um, I'll kind of shorten down which ones I think is going to be most exciting for the readers to read about. And, um, it also really depends on, um, current events and what's happening mm-hmm. like right now. So, um, for example, in January, no, oh God, in February, <laughs> I had my February issue on um, last week and, um, there was um, Hot Couture Week. And so a lot of fashion shows were happening. So mm-hmm. I decided to cover my favorite and um, and the one with the most interesting stories. So I just covered um, Christian Dior mm-hmm. and um, the inspiration behind his fashion show. Okay. Okay. So um, your magazine is published monthly and you're now on a different platform with a podcast too. Yes. Girl, is there something that you haven't ventured into? <laughs> um yeah there's still some things left <laughs> <laughs> everything under the sun so far as far as media and publishing most of it that a teenager can possibly aspire for I think you've got it all covered and uh, so why podcasting oh yes um I really have all I okay I love listening to people talk and I love um, watching interviews. I think ever since I was in middle school, I've been obsessed with watching. Um, like, for example, in middle school, I was a really big Justin Bieber fan. So I just watched so many of his interviews. And I think um, by watching my favorite celebrities interviews, I got mm-hmm. um, a really big sense of how different people interviewed. So I would watch like um, David Letterman or I'd watch um, Oprah or I'd, whoever whoever was interviewing someone that I'd like, mm-hmm. I'd watch and I'd study. And um, I think listening and watching all these people interview others was really gave me my love for storytelling as well. And it gave me my love for podcasting. And some days I'd be like, Oh, I can't wait until I get to have my own TV show. And then I'm like, wait, I don't have to wait. So I could do a podcast instead in the meantime. And it's been a really great experience. Oh, wonderful. And so who has been the biggest inspiration or uh, the motivator, if you will, in your journey, Cameron? Oh, um, okay. Well, it's definitely been my mom. (laughs) Um, She definitely motivates me every single day. And she's Uh always there to help me and talk to me. And she's just like the best. And um, besides my mom, if you want someone famous, um, I'm really inspired by, oh God, Oprah. I love Oprah. I grew up watching Oprah every Mm -hmm. day at five o'clock after school when she had her TV show. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, Watching her was a really big part of my life. And I think, yeah, I think it was pretty much just Oprah and my mom. (laughs) Okay. So for every uh, young listener, 
sitting out there and hearing you speak and wondering, oh, I have all these several ideas in mind. Now that I hear her say one doesn't have to be in their mold or in their shell and can come out, wondering how do I pursue everything? What is your message to them? Oh, God, I would probably tell them, just start, make a plan and start. And um, starting is definitely probably the scariest part, but it's okay, you'll get through it. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's, and I would probably tell them that not every day is going to be easy. And I know that it's super easy to go online and look at other people's success and see what they're doing and compare yourself. But you have to know that just because you're seeing a picture doesn't mean that you're seeing the full picture. Mm-hmm. And that really important to be patient and be kind to yourself and give yourself breaks because you deserve them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, your business or whatever you're working on doesn't have to be one set thing. It could be very fluid. Like over the course of the past three years, my business has changed in so many different ways and it's going to change some more, honestly. And, um, and that's totally fine. Um, it's, it's good to go out there and explore and, um, the only thing that's stopping you is you and you have everything it takes to be successful. Mm-hmm. And when you said make a plan, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, writing some thoughts down or, you know, doing some stuff like that, you know, just get started somewhere. So there's a page open in your brain somewhere to just get back to it and continue and pursue that journey, I would think. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, just just put all your ideas down on a piece of paper and everything you'll start seeing things and you'll figure out how to get get started. <laughs> okay, you know, coming from a youngster, so I'm sure, you know, so many other youth listening would definitely take a leaf out of your book. You have done so much in digital media. You also said something which leads me to this next question. Where do you see yourself say in the next five years, because how do you think this digital media space would evolve and, or rather, how do you visualize how it'll move forward? Yeah, um, I definitely want to continue doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that over the course of the next five years, my magazine will get bigger and I'll be able to interview people that I look up to and um, continue to take my friends and anyone else who wants to be a part of the ride um, come with me. And um, I mm-hmm. hope that um, I was watching a documentary a few weeks ago and it was about Christian Dior. I'm a really big Christian Dior girl mm-hmm. and um, and how he created his business and, and how his love for his work is even transparent and what people make today underneath his name. And I just hope that um, over the course of my career, I can make something that's beautiful and something that lives beyond me. And um, I hope that my love for whatever I'm doing, because, you know, I do a lot, (laughs) whatever I'm doing, um, you know, continues to live on and inspire people. That's, that's what I want the most. Okay. And you definitely are doing a lot. And uh, granted, uh, you also initially referred to TV shows. So it's probably a TV show the next step over the next five years? <laughs> well, I, I hope so. That would be so nice. Um, um, who knows? I'm not going to say no. You know, I'm not going to shoot that down. I would love to be on a TV show. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where God takes me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he'll uh, pave the right path for you, Cameron. What about um, 
your education? What do you think you want to pursue? You're a high school senior now. And how do you think whatever you want to pursue would translate to what you want to do with your entrepreneurial journey? Yes, um, definitely. I, I don't know where I'm going to college or anything, but I do want to major in communications. And I think having that formal training, because, you know, I have a lot of experience, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I really want to get a lot of textbook experience and talk to people who know a lot more than I do. And um, I really hope that while I'm in my college, while I'm in college, I'll be able to, oh God, learn and look at things from a different perspective. Because even though I love digital media, I'd also like to study like political communications and broadcast journalism and all those other different types of things that are kind of hard for me to study on my own. But Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking forward to college and seeing what I can learn and what else I can contribute to a college community. What about the uh, design sphere, if you will, and the fashion design space and all of that? Yes, I definitely will be taking some fashion courses on campus. Um, I'm current right now. I'm studying textiles and okay. um, and the names of silhouettes and fashion trends. But um, I definitely hope that wherever I go to college, um, they have a good fashion program, so I don't leave my love for fashion behind. <laughs> so your broadcast journalism, fashion, whatever, um, your love for digital media. Do you think? your idol, whoever you mentioned earlier, you are going to be that next Oprah Winfrey that the world would get to see? Um, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so nice. Um, I, I know that with what I'm doing, it'll only go as far as I'm willing to take it. And I'm not planning on stopping anytime soon. And hopefully um, within the future, my hard work will pay off. And I'll prayerfully be as successful as Oprah one day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure your hard work will pay off and you are at it in a big time. Um, How is it that you would say, if you were to rewrite any chapter in your journey so far, maybe some awkward moments, maybe any wardrobe malfunctions or whatever that was, uh, if you were to rewrite and say, gosh, I wish I had done that differently, would you just like to share anything on that front? Oh, God, not not off the top of my head. I I try not to beat myself up over stuff that happened or stuff yeah. that I did wrong, because um, even though like not everything has gone my way in my life. Mm-hmm. None, like, that doesn't work for anyone. But um, I think that those moments are really just really great character development. Because if people were, if people gave me everything I want, I wouldn't have what I had now. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I, I probably wouldn't have the same confidence. And I think all of those bumps in the road really prepared me and keep me going today. So I'm just really thankful because even though things looked really ugly at certain times, I um, I figured it out and I turned out okay. So I don't think I would change anything. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, like you, you're just doing a great job and everything that you've been doing so far has been digital. Uh, do you think you were ahead of the curve as far as whatever we are seeing in a pandemic driven world? Or did you still face challenges in spite of you being digital? When COVID hit was something kind of, you know, did it make anything detrimental to whatever you were doing with regards to your business? Um, 
At at the time, no, just because everything was digital and I've been doing digital work for a really long time, it was really easy for me to transition. And I think, it, it, I hate to say this, but in a way, it kind of helped me become more creative because mm-hmm. I had so much free time and um, I didn't have to stress out over school as much, which you know, I love school, but um, I didn't have to worry about like a homework assignment or anything. So having that extra free time allowed me to really explore and get inspired by different things. So um, I was definitely maybe ahead of the curve. Okay. And your magazine is uh, digital. And for now, is it subscription based or is it free for anyone just for the benefit of listeners to understand that aspect? And would you consider doing anything different in the future as far as making it a subscription model or anything like that? Yeah, um, it's completely free um, for right now. I I really want my magazine to be accessible to people. And I think that um, I don't want anyone to log onto my website and be like, oh, I, I can't invest in this right now. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, I have no plans to make it um, expensive or or charge people to read it. I just want um, people to be able to go on and read and get inspired. And um, hopefully, um, you know, they can benefit from it because I just want it to be accessible and for everyone, for anyone who wants to read. Oh, fantastic. And your biggest support, if you were to say, where did that come from? Ooh, oh, okay. Um like I said, it was probably my mom still, mm-hmm. um, my mom and my family. They're um, really the people that kind of um, help. They help me all the time. And they're the ones that listen because, um, I mean, I think when you're running a business, especially as a teenager, it's like, it's kind of like a maze and there's not a lot of people to help you. And um, it's really scary to tell people about what you're interested in stuff. And I think the first people that kind of found out my ideas, I remember sitting on the couch with my mom and being like, mom, Uh I'm going to make a magazine. Like I'm going to do this. And her being like, "Hmm, okay, we'll see you do that and show me what you come up with. And um, we did it. And um, my parents helped me every issue. My mom takes all of my cover photos. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, yeah, that's they're just the most supportive people. And my friends, my friends are so great about it. And um, if I hadn't had that base level of support, I don't know. I don't know what I would be doing. So I'm really thankful for them. Oh, uh, that sounds very, very nice. And I'm sure, you know, they have been wonderful doing what they have done and nurturing you. and. Uh, just fostering your passion and helping you grow. So what influence do you think Cameron Bryant has had on the society so far? And with whatever you're going to do in the future, what do you hope to bring um, as far as further transformation or making life better for people or whatever you want to achieve, Cameron? Um, I think I definitely want to continue helping female entrepreneurs. I I love my job, even though, um, you know, my job has changed so much. And um, I also want to continue inspiring people with my work. And I think currently the most rewarding thing, um, it, it's just having people read the magazine or look at it and just being able to say, oh, this article really helped me deal with something. And that's just so valuable because um, being able – being told for most of my life that my story didn't matter or my voice didn't matter and using my voice or even giving someone else a voice Mm -hmm. to share with others has been like 
the best thing because um, with a little bit of courage and a lot of hard work, you can make a big difference. And um, just lighting up someone's day means the world to me. No, very, very nicely said. And I know, I mean, the fact that you're able to put yourself in someone's shoes and kind of make your contributors feel that you resonate with them, I think is definitely going to bring you more and more interesting contributions. And uh, I think it's definitely going to uh, add to your success, I'm sure. And um, usually I would ask uh, for a takeaway from this program from my guests, but I think here I'm going to very succinctly say that one should follow their passion, be a leader, dream big, and that's what I think every youngster listening to this show should derive from you, Cameron, because I have just been amazed hearing you speak the past uh, half hour or more on several things. And I think the fact that you did have roadblocks and you have overcome them, that's just something really, really uh, noteworthy. And if I were to ask you, okay, I give you a choice between meeting a celebrity in the entertainment world, um, say like a musician, whomever, or a fashion icon, or a public service figure, who would that be and why? Oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I normally you already have... mentioned several celebrities that you go after. But, okay, you know the categories that I mentioned, and they already fall into every single bucket. That, But I also added, like, a public service figure there. So whomever you want to pick out of it could be the same people. It could be different people in those categories. But if you were to be given a choice to meet someone, say for 15 minutes over coffee or tea or whatever that is, and uh, just be able to say, hi, take a selfie, take a picture, who would that be and why? Um, Okay. Um, It would probably be Michelle Obama, but if Michelle Obama was busy, it would probably be Meghan Markle, (laughs) even even though she married, yes. (laughs) (laughs) those two are like my favorites um I love Michelle because I grew up and I named my American Girl dolls after her so Mm -hmm. um I just love the Obamas and I also love Meghan Markle because even though um you know she she's really in the public eye because she married Prince Harry um before she married Prince Harry she was really into doing community service and work and she even had a a blog and she shared her voice and had a lot of courage and stuff like that. So um, I really love both of them. I also love Serena Williams and Anna Wintour. I could just go on. I have so many people that I look up to, but, uh, and Oprah. So (laughs) there's a lot, but um, (laughs) um, those are definitely some of the people. Oh, and if, if they weren't living, I'd probably want to meet Jackie Kennedy because um, she's just a really big fashion icon. So Mm. those are my, those are my like what top six. <laughs> okay. So people to emulate and, uh, you know, still, you know, continue to serve as inspiration to you and to all others around the world. That's fantastic. Great conversation. And uh, finally, let me have you tell the audience here as to how they can reach you, how they can subscribe to your magazine, whatever good stuff you want to tell them about how they can follow you and, all, all the all the very nice 
uh, stuff, you know, to be able to connect and uh, enjoy what you do? Um, yeah, I you can go and read my magazine at www.houseofbeverly.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at House of Beverly. And then you can follow my podcast Instagram at The Beverly Chat. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. So thank you and good luck with everything. It was just amazing having this fun talk with you, catching up with you and uh, getting to know you better. Thank you so much. I had the best time. Thank you for having me. As always, it was a fun and insightful conversation with yet another guest here on Freshly Forever. Before I sign off, folks, let me remind you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google, and follow the podcast on Instagram at Fresh Leaf Forever. That's one word. And on Twitter at Fresh Leaf Forever One. The website is www.freshleafforever.com. That's one word. Make sure to send me your feedback and keep enjoying the podcast. I will see you back again next week with yet another guest and yet another interesting topic. Until then, it's by saying so long. <music>